Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. A behind-the-scenes look at the White Sox as they prepare for the 2021 baseball season. Brought to you by Wintrust Bank, Mazda of Orland Park on ESPN 1000. Chicago's new home of the White Sox. It was a good week for the White Sox without having to do a thing. The Cleveland Indians traded Francisco Lindor, who I believe was their best player. I know Jose Ramirez is a perennial MVP candidate, but for my money, the best all-around player on their team, Francisco Lindor, was traded on Thursday from Cleveland to the New York Mets along with Carlos Carrasco meaning that the White Sox chances to win the AL Central just increased that much more. It was a very good day on Thursday for the White Sox. Good morning. I'm Jeff Mellerhan, White Sox Weekly, your weekly chance to talk all and everything White Sox here on ESPN 1000-312-332-3776. And to me, that was by far and away the biggest news for White Sox fans, the fact that the perennial thorn in their side side is out of the division and dylan cease gave up a run that time as lindor charges this ball up to right center field and it looks like in a similar location yes he got him again two run home run francisco lindor very similar pitch to the home run in terms of location from last year and the indians lead two nothing Launches one high in the air, deep right field. Palka's back. He's out of room. It's out of here. And the Indians strike first. Home run number 27 for Lindor. RBI number 64. And the Indians will play from in front. The pitch. A swing and a drive. Hit to deep right field. And this ball is gone. Francisco Lindor has jumped on that offering. To make it one nothing Indians as he homers for the eighth time this year. Seven of them have come left-handed. So Frankie Lindor trying to jumpstart the Indians offense all by himself. Get out. Francisco Lindor gone from the division. And that is very good news for White Sox fans who, believe it or not, I ventured down the MLB Futures lane yesterday taking a quick peek at where the White Sox are currently viewed amongst the Vegas insiders. And this is probably not a huge surprise, but it's a little bit surprising to see where the White Sox currently are in terms of odds to win the 2021 Major League Baseball World Series. Believe it or not, they have the fourth best odds in all of baseball. Now that's that's some pretty elite company when you think about it. The White Sox are currently 10-1 to 1 to win the World Series behind only the Dodgers, the defending World, Ch- World Series champs at 9-2, to 2, the New York Yankees at 11-2, and the San Diego Padres at 9-1. to 1. And then the White Sox check in along with the Braves at 10-1. to 1. So the fourth best odds to win the World Series and the second best odds 
to win the American League pennant at 9-2. to two. So I ask you, White Sox fans, what does the 2021 season look like for you in order to be deemed a success? The trade of Francisco Lindor, to me, just makes it that much that much bigger of an onus on the White Sox to go out and win this division because the Twins right now are currently at a standstill, kind of waiting to see what happens with the Nelson Cruz free agency market. I think the fact that the Major League Baseball is still in limbo about whether or not the designated hitter is going to be in the National League is suppressing Nelson Cruz's current market. And even at his age, he's proven to be a prolific hitter. And so until Nelson Cruz is back on the Minnesota Twins, if you look across the division, it is wide open and there for the taking. There's no real contender for the White Sox at this point. So I want to know from you White Sox fans, 312-332-3776, what do you need to see? Is it World Series or bust at this point? You keep seeing the opposition get weaker. The White Sox, with all of their young players and their additions so far this offseason, are getting stronger. Is it simply World Series or bust, or would a American League Central Division title and a fun run during the playoffs, but maybe not a World Series victory, be enough for you to deem it a successful season? I want to hear from you again. 312-332-3776. That's how John and Evanston got in. Good morning, John. What's going on? You're on White Sox Weekly, my man. Hey, good morning. Yeah, you know what? Um... I'm, I'm impressed with what they did last year. They're, I think they were basically a year ahead of where they should have been. Um, hiring Tony Larusa is still mind-boggling to me as a manager. Uh, boy. But be it as it may, um, for me, I, I'd like to see them win the Central Division and maybe get to the ALCS, maybe not win it this year, mm-hmm. but get there and let them get a feel for what it's like to be at that particular spot and maybe next year win the American League Central, win the league championship, and get to the World Series. And, you know, baby steps. This is a young ball club, and they're going to get there. But you know what? I mean, they've still, they've still got to learn how to have each other's back out there. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I want to see that outfield get to the ball, make the proper throws without having to think about it, and have each other's back in the outfield. Cut that gap down so you're not giving up extra base hits on, you know, on those gappers. That's get the cutoff man out there and you know sure. get the bullpen in good shape. Yeah. Sure. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. Uh, again, this is White Sox Weekly. I'm Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. To address your points, yeah, I think that's the real question. When you enter the season with a lot of expectations, how do you fulfill those expectations? At what point is it, you know, I think it's important as a fan sometimes to set your goals before the season began because you can get caught up in the whirl, whirlwind of a really competitive and good season and at the end, if it falls just short, it can feel like a huge stomach punch and an extremely big disappointment in the moment. But that's why I want to ask today, how do you feel? Where, what are realistic expectations for this team, knowing they are so young and there is a bright future ahead of them? 
And last year was their first ter- first taste of the playoffs in a long, long time. Let's try Mark, who's in Wilmington. Hey, Mark, you're on ESPN 1000. How's everything? I'm Sox boy again. I just think that the way, like the uh, following uh, the uh, caller said before, uh, I think they have to check their building out out in outfield. Mm-hmm. Check Tony LaRusso's uh, decision making a little bit. Uh, maybe get a catcher and maybe one more pitcher. And I think you know, this, I say within the next this year or maybe next couple of years, the Sox are going to be a, a great team. I mean, for World Series and probably a team for the next ten years. They they look tremendous, and I'm I'm just happy to see it. I see the White Sox doing a great job and acquiring players and everything else. They're they're a very good team. No doubt about it. Like I said, the uh, expectations, I think, for a lot of White Sox fans are through the roof. And for me, it's just a question of, you know, a deep playoff run. Is that enough for you? Or do you think you need to take advantage of the fact that the window is open now and you've seen it plenty of times play out where really good teams who are really young think that they've got next and then it doesn't always necessarily play out the way you were hoping years later and you've actually when you look back you may reach the heights sooner than you ever expected so that's why i think it is critical to look at this and say is a trip to the alcs enough to deem this a successful season i think that's what a lot of people are wondering and i think it's a fair question with the roster as it's currently constructed will you say the white Sox did enough to put themselves in position to win if they fall short or do they need to add more right now during this offseason to make you believe that they truly do have a, ch- a chance to win the World Series? Let's try Marvin, who's in Calumet City. Good morning, Marv. Well, what's going on, man? Hey, Not much. First of, all, uh, first of all, it is very happy to hear White Sox back on ESPN, man. I'm, let me just say that right now. Uh, well, Marvin, Marvin, thank you. We're glad to have him. We are glad to have White Sox baseball yeah, back on our I remember the, the glory days of White Sox baseball. They won the World Series in the last the last broadcast was on ESPN, so I definitely remember that. Absolutely. A uh, uh, couple of couple of things that I have. First of all, um, I got a couple of questions as far as with the White Sox season coming up. Will Michael Kopech be ready? Because we do need to add another pitcher. I like what they did with uh, Lance Land this uh, off season, but is that enough pitching? Seeing what happened in the playoffs, and then secondly, and most important, I think a lot of people are missing. How many games are going to be played this year? Mm. I mean, we're in, the, we're in the heart of COVID being so hot right now. Will we play 162? Will it be a half a season? Whatever. And I think that is going to dictate the success of the White Sox. Last year, because of the shortened season, we were able to take advantage of us being so young and being so hot at a time where we got in. But remember, when it got crunch time, we fell apart. Well, that same scenario happened. Will management be better as far as, you know, Tony LaRusso? I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but he's more experienced in playoff situations. And then I think they added enough to win. Mm-hmm. Remember, bro, we are looking at sustained success, not right away. I don't want to be the White. I don't want to be the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I want to be the Atlanta Braves, man. Every year, winning the division, having a chance every year, that, to me, is a sign of success if you're in it every year, not every couple of years or one year you're good one year you're not you got to add because we got ourselves in baseball hell trying to add so much before and not having the same success so for me i think of uh winning the division because it's there because especially with the trade with cleveland i think that really hurt them and like you said before when i first turned you guys on you know what's going on with nelson cruz in uh in minnesota 
you know, if, if they don't bring him back and he decides to go, that's going to weaken them. So it's there for us to win the division. But I think personally you got to look at the whole AL. There's some strong teams when you get into the playoffs. We can't get over that Oakland hub. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So sure. for me, I, I think a sustained success by we start start incrementally, win the division, get in the playoffs, get a taste of it, see how it is, you know, in a, in a long season, in a stretched out season, not a shortened season, but a long 162, the ebbs and flows of a 162 season, and then that will determine how successful we're going to be for the long one. Because like you said, they're young. If they're young, I want to see this White Sox. I, I mean, it's wintertime, man. I wear White Sox gear. I don't wear Bears gear. That's how much I love the White Sox, so. Thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. No, pl- no, uh, no problem at all, Marvin. Thanks for making the call. Do appreciate it. You made a lot of strong points there. The shortened season, 60-game season last year, the White Sox did take advantage of it. I think a lot of people around baseball had a lot of expectations about this White Sox team and what they were going to be, but nobody, there wasn't a huge anticipation for 2020 for them to be great. They took advantage of the 60-game season, and they really kicked the door down and we saw in the playoffs, obviously, that uh, did not play out the way a lot of White Sox fans, any White Sox fans hoped. But it was still, when you look back at it, a good step in the right direction. Now, can they make another step? Can they make, you know, can they take two steps forward and not have to take a step backwards at this point? I think that's the real question. But Marvin, you brought up Kopech. Um, that's something that I will talk about later in the show specifically with Ethan Katz, the White Sox pitching coach, who I had a chance to catch up with yesterday. I will play for you the conversation I had with him. He talks about Michael Kopech and where he's at, um, amongst other things as well. So that if you're a White Sox fan, I'm sure you will be very interested to hear what he has to say. Uh, before we do that, though, let's uh, let's check in with an Indians fan in Joliet. Steve, how you feeling, man? It's, it was a rough day for you on Thursday, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, no idea. Just like when they traded CC Savathi to the Yankees, that's what happens when you're a fan of a small market team. Yeah, I, uh, it's no good. It's it it, it 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 cannot feel good. I have to imagine watching <laughs> a guy who's in his prime. You know, one of the top ten players in all of baseball, consistently. You know, a top five finisher in the MVP voting. It's got to be devastating. Oh, it's oh, it's like a cut right through the heart. Mm. I mean. It took the heart right from our team with Lindor. I mean, we knew we weren't going to be able to afford him. I just wish that we could have grabbed Gavin Lux and uh, that uh, that May guy from uh, the May. Sure, last sure. year. But uh, I, I don't know the haul that we got in from the Mets. I kind of been staying away from uh, MLB on uh, ESPN. It's going to take a little bit to get over this one. I hear I hear you, Steve. Well, you know what? Like I said, uh, unfortunate for you. Your loss, though, is White Sox fans' gain because, again, with uh, Lindor, one of the best players in the division now gone, it only increases the White Sox odds to go ahead and win the AL Central next season and uh, much bigger plans as well. I'm Jeff Meller. This is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. 312-332-3776 if you'd like to participate. As I mentioned, I had a chance to catch up with Ethan Katz, the White Sox new pitching coach yesterday. I will let you hear what he had to say up next. This is White Sox Weekly. If you miss something, podcasts are available on the new ESPN Chicago app. White Sox Weekly, ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Welcome back. 
to White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. There's a chat room there where I try and uh, also participate with the folks inside the Twitch chat room. So make sure that you're uh, watching us whenever you uh, feel the need. Also, we're just mentioning we're doing a Twitch sidecast tomorrow during the Bears game. Carmen Yerko and uh, Waddle will be at Carmen's house, socially distancing, of course, and wearing masks outside, watching the Bears game. And so if you'd like to do the uh, two-screen session there with uh, Twitch and the Bears game and live commentary from Carm Yerk and Waddle, make sure you're uh, on Twitch like you are right now, ESPN 1000 Chicago. All right, I'm Jeff Meller, White Sox Weekly. Like I mentioned, I had a chance to chat with new White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz yesterday. And if you're wondering, okay, who's Ethan Katz? Well, he actually was Lucas Giolito's high school pitching coach uh, in California. And if you're wondering how that came about, it is an interesting story that Ethan Katz let me in on. And this is how we began things yesterday. I was still playing. I was working out um, with Randy Wolf, um, a former pitcher in the big league, left-handed pitcher. Um, and he was my workout partner and we would go to Harvard Westlake and I happened to know the assistant coach there. Um, and I was just prepping for my season like I always did. And, um, you know, I was just spending more time there and they, the assistant coach said, why don't you, you know, try to get more involved and, you know, why don't you be the JV pitching coach? And I was like, you know, okay, um, I'll give this a shot, but I still want to go out and play at the time. I just wrapped up playing independent ball, which didn't go too well. Um, and I and I was like, okay, I'll help, I'll help out. I enjoyed doing this. And next, you know, the JV pitching coach job became the varsity pitching coach job, uh, like a month into it. And um, I was just really enjoying it. And just and it was easy to kind of give up my dream of playing um, and become a coach. And I just stayed on and. Um, walked away from it, and that's where I got to really um, build my relationship and start my relationship with Lucas um, when he was a sophomore. Um, so, um, yeah, I kind of fell into it by accident. I had no idea that I was going to be a coach. I was prepping to be uh, something in law enforcement, um, and the rest is history. Well, I'd say uh, it seems like you made the right decision, Ethan, because uh, things have worked out well, and now you're reunited with Lucas Giolito. He's actually spoken quite a bit about and given you a lot of credit, helping him turn things around. How did that work where after 2018 you helped him turn things around? Yeah, I mean, we've we've always had a very close relationship um, throughout the years. Um, even when I um, left, got into pro ball, after he got drafted, um, we've always spent off seasons together um, and constant communication throughout the season um, with questions they whatever we had, sent me video, um, just getting my input on that. Um, but, you know, 2018 was, was a very tough season for him. Um, and, you know, the one thing that, um, to the White Sox credit, they, they let him stay up there and struggle in the big leagues. Um, they didn't send him down, which – if they would have done that and he would have done well in AAA, got called back up in September. Um, I don't know if his hunger and drive 
to make significant changes would have been there. Um, it was hitting rock bottom um, was something that really kind of, you know, basically motivated him. Like I, I used to, you know, be looked at at this, you know, number one prospect in baseball. And I, how can I get back there? Um, how can I, uh, you know, basically throw this year away, learn from it, get better and make adjustments to be able to um, be um, a frontline starter in the big leagues. And, you know, so he, uh, he was all ears, just threw out some suggestions. Um, he put in a lot of time and effort that off season and it paid off. Um, and it's continuing to pay off and he's, you know, he's still looking to get better every off season like he always has, but, um, the, the changes he made obviously has catapulted him to where he is now today. We're talking with White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz here on White Sox Weekly. I'm Jeff Miller on ESPN 1000. Ethan, so it's not just Lucas that White Sox fans are excited about. Last year, they saw Dallas Keuchel come in and really kind of set the tone in the locker room and also do what he did on the field. And the addition of Lance Lynn as well, along with a couple of high-end arms and Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech. You've just got a lot to work with here. How excited are you about the opportunity to work with some of these guys? I'm thrilled. I mean, you're right. The The talent level is through the roof. Um, I, I'm really excited. Um, the, the process of um, starting to get next year in motion is already, already going on. Um, and the work the guys are putting in is really, really encouraging. Um, so I, I'm really excited, um, especially um, with the talent that's there and, and the work they are already putting in this offseason to get ready for next season. It's exciting, um, and I'm looking forward to continuing that and hopefully um, being able to work with them in person a little bit more, um, hopefully soon. Um, but that it's, it's been going really well, so it, it, everything's really exciting right now. You led me perfectly to my next question about what you've been able to do in terms of communication and maybe just giving them feedback. How's that going in the during coronavirus, during the Zoom era that we're living in? Um, there's been a lot of back and forth. Um, via text, via video, via FaceTime, um, whatever we can do, um, we're trying to do. Uh, so um, I'm communicating with them as much as possible, um, and they're communicating with me as much as possible, which is fantastic. It really makes this um, pretty easy um, during this. Well, we, you know, everybody's dealing with it. It's, it's how how well can we try to overcome. Um, being separated, you know, that we can't use it as an excuse. We just got to get better. And um, it's been going really well. Um, it is much easier to work with a player in person than it is uh, through text messages, video, uh, FaceTime. But um, we're making the best that we can. And um, it's, it's, it's going um, as well as I can imagine right now. Have you had an opportunity to talk with Michael Kopech at all? Yeah. Um, we've been in, in, in great communication this off season. Um, he's doing really well. Um, he's prepping and he's been, you know, he's a little bit more advanced than most guys in off season because he's been going at it for a little bit longer. Um, he's been off the mound, whereas guys right now are just starting to get off the mound. He's been off the mound quite a few times already. Um, he's kind of in a deload phase this week, um, but then he's going to be ramping right back up and he should be ready to go. Um, right when we get to spring training. How about Garrett Crochet? I know White Sox fans were all holding their collective breath 
when he had to leave the playoff game. How's he feeling these days? Uh, everything's going well. I'm, I'm actually going to Arizona Monday, um, to, and he's one of the guys that's out there right now, so I'll be able to see him. Um, but he's, he's doing well. Um, I, I have not heard anything um, about the arm going in the wrong direction. He's doing his throwing program. Um, he's about to be getting off the mound here shortly. Um, so everything's moving forward for him to, to be ready to go for the start of the season. Ethan Katz, the new pitching coach of the White Sox here on White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller. Ethan, for you to have the opportunity to work with Tony La Russa, tell me a little bit about what the feelings were like when you finally found out when the White Sox offered you the position. I mean, I was thrilled. Um, I think everybody in baseball, I mean, I, I get so many comments and people reaching out being like, I, you know, how lucky you are to be able to work with the Hall of Famer. I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, our conversations are, are great. We're both on the same exact page with the way we see things. Um, so it, it's been going great. Um, it's beyond exciting. I, I mean, I don't think anybody can really say they've, they're working with the Hall of Fame, maybe the future Hall of Fame, but not Hall of Fame manager, you know. So yeah. um, it's been going really, really well, and I'm excited um, to be around him every single day and, and, and learn from him and, and help out as much as I can um, to be able to kind of grow as a coach. Sorry, that's my daughter. Oh, no worries. Hey, man, we understand. I think uh, anybody out there who has children understands uh, having kids in the background. You got one more? You got time for one more question, Ethan? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Okay. Uh, I have to imagine when you, we get the news on Thursday and you find out that one of the best players in the division has been traded away, you had to have a sly smile come across your face hearing that Francisco Lindor had been traded to the New York Mets and out of the division. It just makes your job a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I absolutely. I mean, he's a fantastic player, and um, you know, I know they got some good pieces back, um, which we'll probably, be, um, you know, we'll be seeing here soon in the next couple of years, or um, pretty, uh, you know, maybe a little bit this year. But you know, obviously, when you lose an all-star caliber player out of the league, that definitely makes me a little bit happier. Um, so. It makes our lives, you know, I don't want to take anybody for granted, and we should never do that. But um, obviously when you lose an all-star all-star player, you know, it definitely helps. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that, was a, that was a nice trade to see him go to the National League. Of all the uh, good arms on this roster, who stands out? Who do you want to tell White Sox fans to be on the lookout for and be optimistic about? Because you just cannot wait to get your hands on them and work with them in person. <laughs> there's quite a few i mean, i i i'm i'm really um i'll i won't just give one i'll say two um dylan sees and ronaldo lopez i've been really excited about the work they've been putting in um so I'm, I'm but there's quite a few guys that are really putting in a lot of work um that i'm really excited about so there, there's there's a lot of good stuff going on behind the scenes right now so um but those two guys um I would say would be on the on the top of it. That's the voice of new White Sox pitching coach Ethan Katz, who had a chance to catch up with yesterday afternoon. I listen listening to him talk, you're of course he's going to be optimistic. He is invested in being optimistic, but it's undeniable the talent on the White Sox pitching staff up and down. You've got veterans like Lynn and Keichel 
who you are pretty certain you know what you're going to get from them, at least on the low end. You know there's a minimum they're going to give you as long as they're healthy every single season. You've got Lucas Giolito, who Ethan Katz, you know, is primarily, you know, outside of Giolito. He had a lot to do with Giolito really figuring out what he needed to do at the major league level to become the player that he's become. And I think there's still some untapped potential from Lucas Giolito, believe it or not. he can. I do think he can actually go up another notch, and that's something I'm excited to see where he goes working with his former high school pitching coach on a day-in and day-out basis. So a lot of optimism there. You heard him mention Dylan Cease and Ronaldo Lopez. And I know a lot of White Sox fans may... You know, make a make a face. Maybe they make a Malort face, as you can see on Twitch when you say the the word the name Ronaldo Lopez. But he's got a big arm, and I still think there's some untapped potential for him to take advantage of. And maybe a new pitching coach like Ethan Katz is able to get it out of him. And you heard him talk about Michael Kopech being, you know, further along than most guys because he's been working hard. He did not play last season, and he he might be the biggest unknown who, as this season progresses, we see more and more from him. He may be a guy who, when all is said and done, and if things go as planned and the White Sox are participating in the playoffs, he may be the guy who you say, we may be having arguments in October about you have to give Kopech the ball in game one. There's that much potential for him. And with a full season under his belt, I think I don't think that's outlandish. I think anybody who follow, follows baseball closely truly believes that Kopech can front a rotation. Now, will he be able to with guys like Giolito, Lynn, and Keuchel ahead of him? Well, that's a fair question. But I think Kopech is somebody who has the talent on the staff to front it and might be a guy who... When, you know, if you say, oh, who's going to get the ball if there's a Game 7 situation? By the end of the year, Michael Kopech could be that guy. And that was encouraging to hear his pitching coach, Ethan Katz, tell us that he's further along than some guys at this point. I'm Jeff Meller. This is White Sox Weekly every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Talking White Sox baseball with you. 312-332-3776. Ethan also mentioned what it's like working with a Hall of Famer, a living Hall of Famer who's on the bench with you in Tony La Russa. For me personally... There is another of Tony La Russa's peers who is synonymous for me. And we, he was a baseball legend. We lost him yesterday. I will tell you about my memories of Tommy Lasorda and why I always will uh, have him go hand-in-hand hand with Tony La Russa next on White Sox Weekly. A behind-the-scenes look at the White Sox as they prepare for the 2021 baseball season. Hey, Chicago, the White Sox are back. Welcome to White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. Sad news in the world of baseball yesterday as we were informed that baseball legend, 20-year manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Tommy Lasorda, died yesterday at the age of 93. And, you know, maybe if you're a little younger, you don't have as many memories of Tommy Lasorda as somebody who maybe is older, over the age of 30 or 35 but you know for me 
when I and I not making this up, one of my my actual first memory of like concrete baseball memory of Major League Baseball is the nineteen eighty eight World Series game one. I was seven years old. So, you know, that makes probably sense to most, you know, when your first actual memory of a baseball event occurs, probably, you know, when you're five, six, seven years old, I was seven years old. And I remember it distinctly because it was the World Series. And that's probably I'm assuming that's probably the year I kind of started becoming aware and following baseball. And I remember going to a party. I believe it was a Friday night, but maybe it was a Saturday night. I probably should have looked that up, but that's my bad. Um, but it was either Friday or Saturday night. I feel like it was a Friday night. And the Dodgers were taking on the Oakland A's in the World Series in 1988. And I remember it was, we went to a family party back when you would gather together, um, as families did occasionally on a Friday or Saturday night. And we were at my aunt's house and maybe there was a, there's probably a birthday party going on something. And on the TV in the background, this was, uh, you know, old school tube TV because it's 1988 and it was smaller. It was probably like 15, 16 inch television. Um, so you probably had to be three, four feet away to really see what was going on. And I remember the entire night, basically, you know, I was seven years old, basically watching this World Series game. And it was game one of the 1988 World Series and the Oakland A's. Everybody, all my aunts, my uncles were telling me the Oakland A's were so good. They were going to crush the Los Angeles Dodgers. They had the Bash brothers. They were telling me about these guys, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, and a young Tony La Russa was on the top step of the dugout back then. And I, so I remember distinctly Jose Canseco hitting a grand slam in the first inning and the A's going up four to nothing. And basically everybody at the party who was telling me the A's were going to win was showing me as evidence that that was it. That that's all you need to know. You can see the A's are going to crush the Los Angeles Dodgers. And sure enough, anybody who knows anything about baseball history knows that Tommy Lasorda, the uh, the already at that age, you know, somewhat seasoned veteran Tommy Lasorda was in the dugout with, uh, with a significant pot belly, despite the slim, fast ads that uh, proclaimed he was not uh, as fat as you thought he was. But the character Tommy Lasorda was in the other dugout for the Los Angeles Dodgers as they tried their best to mount a comeback against, the, against Tony La Russa's you know, unbeatable Oakland A's, at least in my mind. And sure enough, they fought their way back uh, to within one. They trailed. And they were without their best hitter in the lineup that night because Kirk Gibson was banged up. He had two bad knees, and despite winning the, he would eventually win the National League MVP that season. He would be named the MVP of the National League, but he was not available to start game one. But he also told Tommy Lasorda that he probably had one at bat in him if he needed it, maybe one swing. And, um, you know, one of the, after that, one of the greatest moments in baseball hist- history unfolded. And here it is, courtesy of Vin Scully. And look who's coming up. All year long, they look to him to light the fire. And all year long, he answered the demands until he was physically unable to start tonight with two bad legs. The bad left hamstring 
and the swollen right knee. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. If he hits the ball on the ground, I would imagine he would be running 50% to first base. So the Dodgers trying to catch lightning right now. Fouled away. He was, you know, complaining about the fact that with the left knee bothering him, he can't push off. Well, now he can't push off and he can't land. He's going to use all arms. Look at his crowd on his feet. What a tribute. Four three A's. Two out, ninth inning. Not a bad opening act. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. And now the only question was, could he make it around the base paths unassisted? I tell you, there are those who say that it's what happens after the base on balls, but it's the base on balls that makes it so bad. A home run would have tied it, but the walk gives him the win. And Eckersley, who doesn't walk that many, really gets burned here. Watch Lasorda. You know, I said it once before, a few days ago, that Kirk Gibson was not the most valuable player, that the most valuable player for the Dodgers was Tinkerbell. But tonight, I think Tinkerbell backed off for Kirk Gibson. And look at Eckersley, shocked to his toe. They are going wild at Dodger Stadium. No one wants to leave. There you go. One of the most improbable moments coming to fruition in baseball history. Vince Scully on the call highlights on NBC back when Major League Baseball was on NBC. Um, Wanted to play that in memoriam of Tommy Lasorda, who died yesterday at the age of 93. Because for me personally... Um, even though that moment unfolded, don't worry, fear not, uh, Tony La Russa and White Sox fans, Tony La Russa would get his eventual World Series championship the following season when the A's would go on to beat the uh, San Francisco Giants in the, uh, the Bay World Series. So, But I wanted to play that because for me personally, Tommy Lasorda and Tony La Russa, they kind of always will go hand in hand, maybe not for everybody else, but because of that World Series and because of the moment in my life when it occurred, when I was first becoming a baseball fan, I will always kind of link Lasorda and La Russa together. And so to hear the passing of Tommy Lasorda yesterday, I just wanted to play that moment for you because, look, you can't go wrong when you hear that one of the base, one of the best moments in baseball history so this is white Sox weekly i'm jeff meller you can follow me on twitter at jeff meller m-e-l-l-e-r up next all right so when is the baseball season actually going to begin is it going to happen on time well buster only let us know next this is chicago's home for sports the new home of the white Sox. espn 1000 this is white Sox weekly Weekly here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller. 
here until 10 o'clock. Remember, every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., White Sox Weekly here for White Sox fans to sound off on anything you want to talk about regarding the White Sox. Uh, if you missed it, had a chance to talk with Ethan Katz early in the show, so make sure you check out the podcast. It'll be up shortly after we end here today. Don't forget, right after we wrap things up, the Hockey Show returns. Pat Boyle, Brian Hanley, all over Blackhawks hockey as they were last season. The the Hawks season begins on Wednesday, believe it or not. So we're four days a week, four days away. Pat Boyle in the house. Brian Hanley along with him. They will be breaking down everything Blackhawks right after I'm done here on White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. All right. I mentioned Buster Olney and what is going to happen in regards to the baseball season starting on time. Earlier in the show, we had a caller, Marvin, who was wondering if we're going to have a 162-game season. I think that's a fair question. I think, you know, the, you know, but that's also getting, that's putting the cart before the horse because we need to know if the season's even going to begin on time and what's going on with spring training. Buster only was actually on with Fred Hubner and Jesse Rogers about a week ago, and uh, they asked him about it. Is spring training going to start on time? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, look, um, you know, there's so much uncertainty about, uh, you know, uh, when fans are going to be back in the stands, how confident they will, will they be back in the stands. When we first heard about the vaccine, you know, the, I think the hope in the sport, the hope around the, the country and the world was that, you know, by March we would have a, a greater sense of normalcy. Now it feels like it's dripping over into July and August, and there's no question you're going to have the owners looking for adjustments the way they did last spring. I really fear that all of the conversations about when to start baseball in 2021 and how many games they're going to play is going to drip over naturally into the CBA talks next winter. I, I am, and you talk to people around the sport, I'm sure Jesse does too, when you ask them about uh, you know, what's coming, they're pessimistic and they're really concerned about the direction right now, the labor, the labor relations. So that's the, the bummer. You know, I hate to end on a, a bad note, but the reality is you see it right now if you're watching the news, what's going on. And so it's hard to imagine right now from anybody who really covers baseball on a daily basis seeing the season start on time, as you heard from Buster Olney there joining Fred Hubner and Jesse Rogers about a week ago here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Miller. This is White Sox Weekly. Last couple minutes here on the show today. Remember, if you want to talk White Sox baseball, make sure you lock it in every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We're here for you to talk about the White Sox. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, great news for the White Sox, who are actually actually have the fourth best odds in all of baseball. If you want to bet them to win the World Series, they're currently 10-1, to 1, which is the fourth best odds after the Dodgers Yankees and Padres so great week for them though without doing anything at all because inside the division when Francisco Lindor is moved you have to say that is a net win for the White Sox no matter how you play it they're one of their biggest competitors got weaker and you know I've been focusing primarily on Francisco Lindor but let's also not forget the fact that Carlos Carrasco was involved in the deal as well so their strength, the Cleveland Indians or a Cleveland baseball team, however we're going to refer to them going forward, their strength, which has always been pitching, got weaker as well. So when you lose a you know a top three arm in your rotation and your best all around player, your team is definitely going to have a much more difficult time being competitive in the division. And for the White Sox and White Sox fans, that is very good news. Uh, so again, if you'd uh, like to continue the conversation going forward, 
You can always lock us in on Saturday morning, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. I always respond on Twitter, so make sure you hit me up there, and uh, we can have the conversation on social media as well. But for today's edition, if you missed it again, Ethan Katz, a lot of interesting things about the White Sox pitching staff and his new role as the pitching staff, working with Tony La Russa. If you missed it, check out the podcast. It's going to be there for you up shortly here on the ESPN Chicago app. I want to say thank you to Tyler Aki for doing a nice job producing the show. Thanks to you, the listeners out there, for participating as well. Again, every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., it is the White Sox Weekly, so make sure you make it your appointment listening. Up next, though, kicking things off, the debut edition, the 2021 Hockey show. It is back, folks. The Blackhawks are back in action on Wednesday. So Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley are up next in just two short minutes on ESPN 1000.